Section Zero of Psychological Warfare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Jared. Psychological Warfare by Paul M. A. Leinbarger. Preface and Acknowledgments. Preface to the Second Edition. The present edition of this work has been modified to meet the needs of the readers of the mid-1950s. The material in the first edition following page 244 has been removed. It consisted of a chapter hopefully called Psychological Warfare and Disarmament. A new part four, comprising three fresh chapters, has been added, representing some of the problems confronting students and operators in this field. Pages 1 through 243 are a reprint from the first edition. This edition, like the first, is the product of field experience. The author has made nine trips abroad, five of them to the Far East since 1949. He has profited by his meeting with such personalities as Sir Henry Gurney, the British High Commissioner for the Federation of Malaya, who was later murdered by the Communists, meetings with Philippine, Republic of Korea, Chinese nationalist, captured Chinese communist, and other personalities, as well as by association with such veterans in the field as General MacArthur's chief Psy War expert, Colonel J. Woodall Green, to Colonel Joseph I. Green, who died in 1953. The author is indebted as friend and colleague. He owes much to the old friends listed in the original acknowledgement, who offered their advice and comment in many instances. Many readers of the first edition wrote helpful letters of comment. Some of their suggestions have been incorporated here. The translators of the two Argentine editions of this book, the translator of the Japanese edition, the Han Suma Yokachiro, and the translator of the first and second Chinese edition, Mr. Chen N. Cheng, all of them have been direct or indirect improvements in the content or style of the work. The author also wishes to thank his former student, later his former ORO colleague, now his wife, Dr. Genevieve Leinbarger, for her encouragement and her advice. The author hopes that, as U.S. agencies and other governments move toward a more settled definition of doctrine in this field, a third edition, a few years from now, may be able to reflect the maturation of Psywar in international affairs. He does not consider the time appropriate for a fundamental restatement of doctrine. He hopes that readers who have suggestions for future editions of scope policy, or operations can communicate these to him for inclusion in later printings of this book. Acknowledgements. This book is the product of experience rather than research, of consultation rather than reading. It is based on my five years of work, both as civilian expert and as army officer, in American psychological warfare facilities at every level from the joint and combined chiefs of staff planning phase down to the preparing of spot leaflets for the American forces in China. Consequently, I have tried to avoid making this an original book, and have sought to incorporate those concepts and doctrines which found readiest acceptance among the men actually doing the job. The responsibility is therefore mine, but not the credit. Psychological warfare involves exciting wit-sharpening work. It tends to attract quick-minded people, men full of ideas. I have talked about psychological warfare with all sorts of people, all the way from Mr. Mao Zetung in Yenin and Ambassador Joseph Davies in Washington, to an engineer corporal in New Zealand and the Latrine Cooley, second class, at our Chung King headquarters. 
I have seen one New York lawyer get mentally befuddled and another New York lawyer provided the solution, and have seen Pulitzer Prize winners run out of ideas only to have the stenographers supply them. From all these people I have tried to learn, and have tried to make this book a patchwork of enthusiastic recollection. Fortunately, the material is non-copyright. Unfortunately, I cannot attribute most of these comments or inventions to the original proponents. Perhaps this is just as well. Some authors might object to being remembered. A few indebtednesses stand out with such clarity as to make acknowledgement a duty. These I wish to list, with the caution that this list is not inclusive. First of all, I am indebted to my father, Judge Paul M. W. Leinbarger, who during his lifetime initiated me into almost every phase of international political warfare, whether covert or overt, in connection with his lifelong activities on behalf of Sun Yat-sen and the Chinese nationalists. On a limited budget, for years out of his own pocket, he ran campaigns against imperialism and communism, and for Sino-American friendship and Chinese democracy, in four or five languages at a time. For five and a half years, I was his secretary, and believe that this experience has kept me from making this a book of exclusively American doctrine. There is no better way to learn the propaganda job than to be whipped thoroughly by someone else's propaganda. Second only to my debt to my father, my obligation to the War Department General Staff Officers detailed to the Psychological Warfare stands forth. By sheer good fortune, the United States had an unbroken succession of intelligent, conscientious, able men assigned to this vital post, and it was my own good luck to serve under each of them in turn between 1942 and 1947. They are, in order of assignment, Colonel Percy W. Black, Brigadier General Oscar N. Solbert, Colonel Charles Blakeney, Lieutenant Colonel Charles Alexander Holmes Thompson, Colonel John Stanley, Lieutenant Colonel Richard Hirsch, Lieutenant Colonel Bruce Buttles, Colonel Dana Johnston, Lieutenant Colonel Daniel Tatum, and Lieutenant Colonel Wesley Edwards. Their talents and backgrounds were diverse, but their ability was uniformly high. I do not attribute this to the peculiar magic of psychological warfare, nor to unwanted prescience of the part of the adjutant general, but to plain good luck. A special thanks are due to the following friends, who have read this manuscript in whole or in part. I have dealt independently with the comments and criticism so that none of them can be blamed for the final form of the book. These are Dr. Edward K. Merritt, the Columbia-trained MIS propaganda analyst, Mr. C. A. H. Thompson, State Department International Information Consultant and Brookings Institution staff member, Professor E. P. Lilly of Catholic University and, concurrently, Psychological Warfare Historian to the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Lieutenant Colonel Innes Randolph, Lieutenant Colonel Heber Blankenhorn, the only American to have served as a psychological warfare officer in both world wars, Dr. Alexander M. Layton, M.D., the psychiatrist and anthropologist who, as a Navy lieutenant commander, headed the OWI-MIS Foreign Morale Analysis Division in wartime, Mr. Richard Hirsch, Colonel Donald Hall, without whose encouragement I would have never finished this book, Professor George S. Petit, whose experience in strategic intelligence lent special weight to his comment, Colonel Dana Johnston, Mr. Martin Hertz, who may someday give the world the full account of the mysterious Yaksiv operations, and Mrs. M. S. Leinbarger. Further, I must thank several of my associates in the propaganda agencies, whose thinking proved most stimulating to mine. Mr. Jeffrey Gorer was equally brilliant as colleague and as ally. 
Dean Edwin Guthrie brought insights to the psychological warfare which were as much the reflection of judicious, humane personality as of preeminent psychological scholarship. Professor W. A. Aiken, himself a historian, provided data on the early history of U.S. facilities in World War II. Mr. F. M. Fisher and Mr. Richard Watts, Jr. of the OWI China Outpost, together with their colleagues, taught me a great deal by letting me share some of their tasks. And my immediate chief in China, Colonel Joseph K. Dickey, was kind to allow a member of his small, overworked staff to give time to psychological warfare. Messrs. Herbert Little, John Creedy, and C. A. Pierce have told me wonderful stories about their interesting end of propaganda. Mr. Joseph C. Grew, formerly under Secretary of State and Ambassador to Japan, showed me that the processes of traditional responsible diplomacy include many skills which psychological warfare rediscovers crudely and in different form. Finally, I wish to thank Colonel Joseph I. Green in his triple role of editor, publisher, and friend to whom this volume owes its actual being. While this material has been found unobjectionable on the score of security by the Department of the Army, it certainly does not represent Department of the Army policy, views, or opinion, nor is the department responsible for the matters of factual accuracy. I assume sole and complete responsibility for this book, and would be glad to hear the comment or complaint of any reader. My address is indicated below. 2831 29th Street Northwest, Washington 8, D.C. Date, 20 June 1947. End of Section 0